Welcome back. This is episode three. And today I'm going to be talking about why I teach most of my clients that moving away from Kegels and taking on a whole body approach is the best way when it comes to resolving their pelvic floor symptoms. Now, before I go anywhere about Kegel exercises and why I don't do them, please do not get me wrong. There is a time and place for Kegel exercises. And if I chuck them in programs, it's usually in the first phase of my four pillared approach to pelvic floor mastery. And I only really give it to the person if it's actually really relevant for them and what they need. So I'm going to clear that up before we keep going. Now, back in the earlier days of my career, Kegels were probably my go-to exercise for any pelvic floor symptoms. I didn't really know about pelvic floor tightness at the time. And I guess I didn't really know how to address the pelvic floor other than really doing pelvic floor specific exercises. Um, And I guess it was kind of like the equivalent of the banded external rotation exercise that you see in nearly all rotator cuff injury programs. It was just something that you did, gave them Kegels. Hopefully that fixes their pelvic floor problems. Now, as I dove deeper into the research around pelvic health and doing a lot more education, I soon came to realize that I was so far from understanding how the pelvic floor really worked within the rest of the body, how it is so closely linked with our breathing, how the abdominal wall and the balance of these muscles really play a role in the pelvic floor health, how our posture mechanics of the hips, uh, the movement strategies we have or we employ during exercise or even daily activities, even just in general stress and our daily lifestyle habits. I honestly didn't really know any about that. And now I do. (laughs) I definitely have changed my approach. Now, I really do love that saying though, um, the more you learn, the more you realize how much you don't actually know. And I often look back to those early days as an entry-level EP or even just personal trainer before I even finished my degree. Um, I cringe at my programming abilities. <laughs> and I guess this is what career growth is really about. And I'm sure all of you listening are thinking, oh man, yep, I did some similar things in my early days when I really didn't know that much. And I gave someone exercises I didn't realize wouldn't really help them. And you feel embarrassed. (laughs) Um, And it's not really until later on in your career that you're like, whoops, that's awkward. (laughs) Anyway, uh, when I initially interviewed all of the applicants for the mentorship program, there was one really common theme among them. And it was that They all really didn't know how to progress pelvic floor exercises beyond Kegels or how to do things other than relaxation exercises and progressing from that when it came to pelvic floor tightness or what to even do with those clients who are more high-end athletes or they might train quite a lot and they need retraining for their pelvic floor um, in order to meet demands of highly loaded exercises. And that Kegels just kind of seemed a little bit silly in a sense of... uh, laying people on the ground doing Kegel exercises when they need more up training in heavy lifting, which seems a little silly. So uh, this was a really common theme among pretty much all of them when we first talked about uh, what they knew, what they didn't know, what they wanted to learn more about in terms of pelvic floor health before we started the program. Now, this is where and why you really need to be treating the pelvic floor with a whole body approach because often Kegel exercises are such small acute training exercises that may be more neural based there might be some strength component to it but it really won't help um or i believe strongly believe that it's really not going to have that layover effect into those really heavy training loads or bigger lifts or more impact exercises so you really need to be looking at what 
is the contributing uh, factors or what is contributing a lot to their symptoms, that's not really necessarily an issue of the pelvic floor strength itself. Is it that maybe their muscular imbalance around the pelvis um, isn't quite there? putting a lot more demand on the pelvic floor to help stabilize the pelvis and maybe it doesn't even have that much ability to absorb any loads because it's way too rigid and stiff from trying to actually stabilize too much um, is it that they might have poor postural alignment that contributes to more downward pressure onto the pelvic floor and then that pelvic floor has to work really 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 hard to meet the demands and like hold up against that extra pressure it could be that maybe the pelvic floor isn't coordinating correctly alongside the abdominal wall muscles or the diaphragm movement. Um, is it that the person has very poor breathing strategies during their exercise? And this is actually impacting that natural response of the pelvic floor in that particular activity. Um, they might not even have that problem at rest when you're teaching them Kegels. So this is where it all becomes a problem. Um, maybe they even have poor pressure management in general, and they just need to work on improving this to distribute pressure better and give the pelvic floor a bit of a better chance at actually doing its job properly and not having to just cope with all of the pressure from above. Um, I wanted to give a little bit of an example about this because I feel like I'm much more of a, um, I like to see how this is practically applied rather than just kind of trying to understand concepts. But um, one of the clients I have had previously had uh, been experiencing really deep vaginal pain during the second half of her soccer game. She had zero issues with leaking and not one other pelvic floor symptom. I screened her for all of them and to rule out any pelvic floor dysfunction Regardless of the fact that she'd not reported any other symptoms, she had an internal examination just to see what was going on. And the only thing that was found here was that there was a slight weakness when maximally squeezing right at the end of a 10 second pelvic floor hold. So she had no issues with resting tone, no weakness, no tightness. Um, she could connect really, really well to it. So I'd say it was pretty well functioning. Um, however, she was still experiencing this deep vaginal pain halfway through a soccer game. And then that would linger for the rest of the day and often stay around the next day. So really quite interesting. Like, where is this coming from? Now, once we went through all of her initial assessments, I was fairly certain she lacked a lot of endurance in pelvic stability. And that when she began to hit that fatigue level during the second half of the game, um, her pelvic floor tightened up to help create more pelvic stability as a result of maybe those other hip stabilizers not really contributing as much. So I mean, you can't really assess uh, her right in the middle of her soccer game. So you kind of have to understand what could be contributing and then extrapolate to that scenario. However, after two weeks of just purely working on hip stability and up training, uh, mostly glute med and glute max, she had zero symptoms. <laughs> None. We did no pelvic floor work. We did no Kegels, no relaxation. I did no breathing exercises with her. I did no core retraining. None. So even though she felt pain in her pelvic floor, this was actually just a symptom of another issue. This is why a whole body approach becomes really, really necessary. I mean, she was quite basic, quite simple, um, mostly just around pelvic stability and testing stabilizing muscles and seeing what was going on for her mechanically under fatigue. That's all we did. Um, I've had similar issues with some clients who leak when they lift heavy or during skipping and addressing their pressure management strategies and technique of that particular movement, saw them completely resolve their leaking. So we didn't do any pelvic floor work. Um, we might've done some breathing because usually breathing and high intensity exercise plays a bit of a role, but we didn't really do any pelvic floor specific work. It was pretty much looking at the rest of their system, the rest of their body. What is it doing in this exercise? And then working out what could be improved to help 
the pelvic floor show up a little bit more in that activity. Now, when I was writing all the content for the mentorship program, I had to cover a lot of general concepts about movement and biomechanics that seemed a little bit irrelevant to the mentees at first. But after we dived into the prescription side of the pelvic floor um, dysfunction or types of dysfunction, all of those concepts became really important in understanding how to assess someone well and address all of the contributing factors to pelvic floor health rather than just isolating everything to how well does the pelvic floor coordinate within itself, which ideally is what a Kegel actually is. It's the coordination of the pelvic floor muscle layers. Um, if you are currently trying to help clients who present with pelvic floor symptoms and you aren't really moving away from Kegels or at least prescribing clients from Kegels to those more functional exercises where it's integrated into their activities, then I highly encourage you to start looking into how things like their posture, their biomechanics, breathing and pressure management strategies all play a role in pelvic health along with like so many other factors you really really need to be addressing how the pelvic floor is showing up when other muscles come into the picture um, and if those muscles performing the movements are even doing their job well enough because most of the time they're not um, our bodies have this amazing ability to make things happen by creating compensation patterns so if one thing isn't really doing its job very well then something else is going to take up the slack to make that movement happen and this is where a lot of pelvic floor issues can actually come from. It's this compensation pattern from other things not really working very well. Or that compensation pattern then impacts how much pressure is pushed onto the pelvic floor. So if you think this is a little bit confusing or you want to know more, um, you want to dive a little bit deeper and learn more about the prescription side of pelvic floor rehab and what I do with my clients in terms of moving them through that rehab, um, you can join the waitlist for the mentorship program. Um, that's going to hopefully open early 2023 for the next round um, It is limited position. So I'm going to offer the wait list people uh, first entry, first applications. Um, I'll put the link in um, all of the show notes. If you are interested, you can jump on there. If you aren't already, make sure you head over to my social media at school of women's health and at her.exercise.physiology pretty sure there's dots in there, uh, for the daily content and anything else that I'm sharing on there. Otherwise, um, move beyond Kegels, basically, is the moral of this episode, moral of the story. Um, anyway, if you're still here, thanks for joining me on today's episode. I really appreciate each and every one of you that are showing up to listen. It really, really does support this show and helps me uh, really understand what else I can do to help provide more education and resources out there for you if you're wanting to learn more. Um, so hope you have a lovely rest of your week and uh, I'll see you in a fortnight.